episode 18 of Flyover Politics here on anchor.fm slash flyoverpolitics. My name is Adam. And I'm Sean. And we are drinking some beers. Uh, well, actually, Sean's not drinking beers. What are you drinking tonight, sir? Are you drinking a little... Uh, well, actually, you're going to be my, embarrassed to say my, No, I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> my wife bought a box of pink Moscato and mm-hmm. had a sip of it and was like, ew. Yeah. And then I tried it and was like, ew. But now I've got a box of pink Moscato, and there's like the there's the twenty year old in me that's like you can't ever throw out beer. Yeah. In this case, whatever this is, so a little extra, a little tart, a little tartness for your uh, your evening it's here. It's like but juice. It is like juice, but it'll get you fucked very up. Though. You got to watch out though. It'll it's very sweet. It'll sneak up on you. That's uh, that's the one bad thing about wine. Uh, so we wanted to mix up some stuff again. We, uh, this gentleman, I'm trying to remember when the last show was with, uh, with our guest this evening. I want to say it was back in October. Um, sometime in October, it was a couple weeks before the election. Um, yeah, it was around October 20th when we had this gentleman on and we were focusing on the state of Michigan. There was a lot of shit going on in Michigan at the time. And then we kind of zeroed in on how things went. Uh, four years ago in 2016 and gave a little predictions of how things were going to go this time around. Uh, And uh, we're just going to go by Ken from Michigan, Ken, because last time we had some conversation. You're like, yeah, Ken's fine. We're just going to go with Ken. So Ken from Michigan is back on the podcast, everybody. Ken, how are you, sir? I'm here to give you my uh, unsolicited professional opinion on politics uh, (laughs) without plugging anything of my own. I know that's that's the bummer, but it's all right. We get it. Um, and the last time you were on, we actually, we had some good discussion. We were talking about, um, you know, the do's and don'ts of discussing politics with, you know, people that, that you work with or people, uh, that are in like your family or close friends and stuff. And then we talked a little bit about what was going on with your governor and the death threats and which happens to relate quite a bit to what went down, uh, earlier this, uh, this year. Uh, and I know Sean wanted to, to dive into Did you that say a bit. earlier this year, like it was eight months ago. It was like it was like four twenty weeks ago. days ago. It was twenty days ago. I feel it was if, like I gotta tell you this ish, but like it, you get what I'm saying. It's like, it was fast though. Like it I, feels like it was forever ago, but like it does though because it was less than a month ago. It was less than a month ago, but this this year, I know we're only in February, but it feels like it's moving quick. January just fucking flew by. At least gone. for me, it did. Yeah. Um, but it, you're right though. I I am kind of. Spe- Speaking Nuts. Of, like, well, we sit here looking at the ago. same four walls. It all blends together. And you're like, I don't know if that was an hour ago or mm-hmm. fucking last decade. No, you're right. It's, it's not good that that my mind is already kind of like, oh, you know, that happened a couple months ago. But they're still right. investigating it. They're still charging people. My favorite was there was some guy that had a plumbing company. And he wore the coat for the plumbing company with the phone number and everything. <laughs> and they were like, well, that was easy. Didn't have to search too hard for that fucking guy. Like, that was that was really nice. I feel um, as though if you're in charge of promotions at the FBI, you can't count these. Because people were literally posting that shit to Parler and Facebook and Instagram. And you can't walk in and be like, I caught this guy. And everybody knows Ted. You had five cases. They posted pictures of themselves like, peeing on nancy pelosi's desk you don't get credit for that one that's a house account over here at the fbi like true, you don't get credit for that still did it though i mean that's that's the i gotta tell you i've and i don't know ken if you've run into anything on your twitter timeline or facebook timeline but i've run across a couple people that were just thought that that was completely normal with what happened at the capitol like just had no issue with it whatsoever and they had this like really like you thought like 
that you thought that was a problem. I thought that was great. And I, I don't know if you've run into any of those circles in, in your neck of the woods. Antifa. First of all, Antifa did it. Second of all, all the Antifa <laughs> riots last year. Um, you guys are, that's, that's all I saw was it, one. It was, and I think it was like Kevin Sorbos posted it, uh -huh. like we're leading the charge. We're doing it. And then the last post that was Antifa. Look at like, Antifa. Yeah. Like, it's it's such a, a hysterical boogeyman for me i have friends who are um definitely uh they, they're gop exited um but they're still conservative pro you know law enforcement so when you bring up blm and antifa and all these things they're very you know against it uh but this is also the same guy who can compartmentalize and be like yeah this is fucking stupid um so yeah, I still saw people were like, yeah, this is America. This is, you know, fight for it, insurrection. Um, I probably one of the first times since 2017 that I deleted people off of Facebook. Really? Well, I know, yeah. I know Sean, you did a little, little cleaning too, but well, you yeah. re restarted, but I mean, I, I get it. it it's, I, I actually find, I find it fat and, and Ken knows who I'm talking about when I mentioned this gentleman, but he's pretty well known in pro wrestling circles. His name is Dutch Mantel and he um, really smart dude's been in the wrestling industry for like 40 years. And all of a sudden he has shifted his Facebook commentary from pro wrestling to politics. And he will, you can clearly see what side he's on. Definitely a Trump guy. Um, didn't really seem to have a whole lot of issue, kind of echoed the same sentiments that Ken just said, where they would say, well, if you know, you can't, you can't be upset with what happened at the Capitol. If you then saw what, what Black Lives Matter and what Antifa was doing this summer and, and trashing businesses and, and protesting and causing violence and confronting people. And it's a lot of that kind of uh, a lot of that rhetoric. And then and then he'll do the now everyone be polite and discuss. And then the comments just, ex of course, just explode with people yelling at each other. And it's there's you know, that's what Facebook is. It's just a bunch of old people uh, yelling at each other lately. But um, now, can can we kind of saw a mini January 6th? in michigan mm -hmm. right so tell us like what did you what was the kind of discourse or the attitude that you were hearing in michigan because it seems like it was particularly vitriolic in ways that we don't necessarily have in iowa or you know maybe california or Colorado, like that i don't feel right so what what i perceived after the fact you know, in, 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 for those who don't know in Michigan and maybe Ken, you can expand on this a little bit in Michigan, we saw, uh, armed right wing, uh, groups, just be bland about it. Groups storm the Capitol. And then a few days later, we find that the FBI has arrested a group. I think they're called Patriot front or Patriot something. I think they're Patriot front and they had like a badger plan or something to go and kidnap the governor of of michigan gretchen whitmer and like try her on tv which means assassinate her right and then i i have heard of these feelings people express these feelings but never thought that that was coagulating into something or or you know converging into something that would be actioned but like what did you hear was there a ramp up to it that you saw or heard of in michigan and then after you've lived in Michigan, after the national news cycle moved on, how did you see it or how has it been playing out in Michigan since? And then what did you see that paralleled that on January 6th? If I can ask a 78 part question. That's all right. I'm, I'm going to start with a, a little bit. So 
April is when, um, well, the beginning of March is the, the two weeks stay at home uh, order, you know, stay home, flatten the curve, make sure, you know, everyone does their part so that we don't overload the hospitals um, with this. So uh, mid-April is when the huge capital protests occurred. Um, those are the things that you see everywhere on every news article, every, you know, the guy yelling at um, state police and sergeant at arms, um, you know, his mask is off, the state police is just standing there calm as all hell. Um, you know, that's one time where I would be like, you know, you want to talk about how to deal with the protests, how to deal with, um, you know, volatile situation where your protesters, many of them are armed with multiple guns. Um, that April lockdown protest needs to be studied by every single law enforcement out there, period, 100%. That is something where this is how we need to understand and how to properly, um, you know, de-escalate a very hard situation. That was thousands of people at the Capitol. After that, multiple protests had broken through, but nothing that big. That was like the, the be-all big one. Um, so you fast forward, and since the lockdown, um, you know, people are becoming more radicalized by being online. They're talking to people because they're looking for an outlet to talk to people. And there was a group, I don't know the name of the group off the top of my head, so I'll, um, you know, uh, go back to Sean on that one and just, you know, agree with whatever you said. Uh, but there was a 14-man militia group attempt to kidnap and as as you said, try Gretchen Whitmer live on TV. I'm I would assume live on YouTube or Parlor or whatever they would stream it because there's no way they're getting TV for that. Um, and the whole point was to kidnap, try, and potentially assassinate her. Um, the FBI were on top of that. That's a you know a kudos to them. Good job on figuring all that out. Um, and the the balls on Whitmer that next week to be out and about like going to breweries and drinking and seeing people <laughs> i would be shitting my pants hiding in the bunker like somebody just tried to kidnap me mm -hmm. um so let's let's extrapolate that a little more because that's very you know it's it's hyper local to michigan but the same issues are happening across in other states um and we're not talking just you know dnr state we're, we're talking texas you know uh, abbott was getting death threats in texas for things that he was saying uh, dewine i believe in ohio who is another republican um was getting death threats so these the, the things were just extrapolating and attacking on each other and with the algorithms that facebook twitter all these other organizations happen, you begin to go down this rabbit hole and you start reading things because you read about, you know, you read about fuck Whitmer 2020 Facebook group. Well, now you're going to see something about Q. So you go into the Q rabbit hole. Then you're going to see something about, um, you know, uh, all these other organizations that are just fucking crazy. And it, it just it builds on top of each other to the point where we saw what January 6th was going to happen. I just don't think they really expected it to happen. Like, I think they saw it, but I don't think they like they felt it was going to happen. Now you mean they saw it happen in Michigan, but they didn't think it would happen in D.C. Well, let's 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 look at they breaking into the Capitol at Michigan uh, is 
like watching the Care Bears versus watching The Walking Dead to what January 6th was. They just kind of walked in and made their way in. Whereas January 6th, they're breaking windows, they're breaking mm-hmm. in, they're trying to, you know, they, they came with um, flex cuffs. Like th- this right. was a organized you know, whether it was several groups, this was an organized attempt to do a lot of bad things that day. Um, I think Michigan was the start. And of course it was the start of lockdown, start of COVID, start of everything. So maybe not everyone was fully radicalized. Um, I, I believe that, you know, how many, how many threats do the FBI probably gets per day that just don't really sum up to anything? Right. You know, there's probably threats on the Capitol every day. There's threats on the president. I'm sure just as much as we know about, you know, Obama threats. I'm sure uh, there is plenty of Trump threats of people who wanted to kill Donald Trump. Um, You know, these things exist, but it's, you know, is it going to get to the level of action? Um, Now, me personally, I believe that the rally prior to the insurrection was the, um, uh, the stroking of the match. If that rally didn't happen, I don't think that next step would have happened. Because when you fire people up and then the person next to you is fired, it's it's almost like going to a sports, um, you know, go, going yeah, to a lot. Yeah. Yeah, as, as much as I say a Lions game, if you've ever been in Ford Field, that place is ridiculous when their lions are doing good to the point where the guy next to you is screaming. So you're screaming the guy next to you. So everything builds on top of each other. So I don't think, you know, they knew it could happen. I just don't think they knew it would happen, but I also think that there were issues that handcuffed them. Um, Capitol police, mind you, that, you know, at, at some point, what are you going to do? You're going to try to stop these people from coming in thousands of people from trying to come in. And you're, you know, Mm -hmm. like that, that guy getting chased up the stairs, like imagine what the hell is going through this dude's life. And he didn't kill anyone. He didn't hurt anyone. Um, you know, that, that guy, I'm sure his name's out there because his, that video has been shown a lot, but I, I just, I think their best bet and i'm sure you guys were probably chatting with each other i was chatting with my friends during the the six the best bet i think everyone had was you know let's let everything happen protect the people you know and we will you know deal with it later we'll find mm-hmm. these people which they did we mm-hmm. will arrest them which they have now the things that have happened after that have pissed me off but going back to the answer i i feel like as long as we can do the 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 very specific things protect the people, protect the country, you know? So what if they steal a lectern? We're going to go arrest them. They're these dudes. Everyone has a camera. Everyone has photos. Everyone's taking live streaming it with their real name. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I think I, I, I agree with you that April 6th was a test run, but I don't think it would have happened or April 6th, April, whatever. Um, I don't think January 6th would have happened without the, um, the people that, started it so yeah. the people that were at the rally the people that were like hey come to the capitol let's protest right. or, it, hey. it was not a random rally it was a it was a rally that was pushed that was set up it was it was not a it was a planned event so so from my read and just one of the things i need to correct was it wasn't patriot front that's a white nationalist movement it was wolverine watchmen that's what it was. Michigan, the Michigan's the Wolverine the Michigan. state. So, right. 
that makes sense. Yep. <clears throat> so it was the Wolverine Watchmen that were uh, uh, had the kidnapping plot plot against Gretchen. I would have been. I was just thinking about what Ken was saying. Like if they would have got her, and then they stream something yeah. on like Facebook or YouTube or yeah. So this isn't an isolated thing, right? So yeah. so Wolverine Watchmen, a right wing boogaloo group was trying to kidnap the president, the president, the uh, uh, governor of Michigan. And then you saw the same thing with the folks that went into the Capitol. And, and there is a differentiation in my mind between the people that were part of the crowd that were there to support Trump. And then they were told to go march to the Capitol and then found themselves like, Oh, wow, I get to walk inside. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. And then amongst those people, there were groups that were specifically where, like, with flex cuffs, looking for Pence, mm-hmm. looking for AOC, looking for Rashida Tlaib, looking for Ilhan Omar, looking for Nancy Pelosi, um, and specifically wanting to assassinate them, right, in various ways. They erected a gallows. Um, they were screaming, you know, hang Pence. And and uh, I have to ask the question that do you really think if they happen to catch like AOC or Mike, because I was reading a story that Mike Pence was just around the corner in a locked room and had just gotten to like maybe a minute before a crowd showed up and a security guy was kind of like directing traffic a little bit. But do you actually think if they would have caught Mike Pence or somebody else that they would have pulled him out and hung him? in front of the Capitol. Mike Pence, no. There would have been too many people who like Mike Pence. Um and that crowd, crowd, man. That that crowd, yes, they're chanting hang Mike Pence. But if you're if you capture it, then you have to do it. Like, are you going to go to that next step? Well I wonder that's that's one thing I don't think they would or they could. Well, they did that violence against the the Capitol Police officer. I mean, they're literally stomping him and and they beat a Capitol police officer to death. Yeah, with an American flag. There's yeah. no way if so they had gotten their hands on any of those targets, there's no way that any of those people would have stood up to a, that that group, right? So there, there's one thing if if you're part of a group and you're getting out of control, right? And you're just out of control, and I stop you, and you're like, oh, okay, okay. we're just, we're here to have fun. Like, like we see it at, at football games, and people are like. Flipping over cars, and some there would be somebody come over like right, we're calming down now, and we're like, okay, let's go have fun, right? That this group was mixed up of those people who got carried away, but there was also people who were who were were action. They were they were called to action by their ideology, and their ideology was so opposed to Mike Pence and all those other people we just listed that I think that those people would not be dissuaded by people going, maybe we shouldn't hang Mike Pence. They'd go, fuck you. And the 12 of them would march Mike Pence over to the gallows and hang him. It would have like, been and and you don't have the cops to stop him. The cops are fighting for their lives inside the Capitol. Yeah. You don't have the people to stop him. The Secret Service would have started mowing those people down. Oh, right? if the, yeah. They, that would have been an entirely different situation. For Mike Pence, they would have mowed him down. Oh, yeah. 100%. And, but but the, the other representatives... Right. So any representatives or senators that they had, I, I don't I don't think those threats are idle. Right. Like I saw AOC this week talking about the trauma she experienced. And I I, I don't feel that the threats were idle. And I feel that she has over the last two and a half, 
to two and a half years, three years, gone from a normal human being to a person that is demonized by the right and has constant death threats. And from the stuff I've seen in conservative circles in person, people speaking to me in person, firsthand, firsthand uh, discussions saying that they want that every one of them ought to be taken out and shot, right? The, I, I just that's don't a, that's think. an unfortunate price she's had to pay, though, for being so outspoken. I mean, she had to yeah. know that because she... I mean, well, she, not kind of had to know. You don't have to kind of know about the vitriol. You, yes, you're going to face vitriol. Yeah. For coming against, but like but the she constant it, threat though. against your life. But there's a big difference between like AOC and I'm trying to think of like a known Congress men or woman that that is kind of known but doesn't really like like they. I maybe maybe you'll disagree with me when I say this, but when they're constantly going like we're the squad and we're going to make these statements, like they know kind of what they're doing. Like I, I'm not it's saying that they shouldn't yeah. they shouldn't do that because that's kind of you know. When you're elected, you're supposed to be, you know, making statements, but they definitely ramp up the rhetoric on their side of the table and they know what they're doing. So they can't be like totally shocked. Like, why do these people hate me? So like, you kind of know what's going on, but I also don't think that they deserve to be threatened with their lives either too, just because you don't right. agree with what they're saying. But, but also what's the, what's the common thread between Nancy Pelosi, AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, Maxine Waters, like the most demonized people of that, of the Democrats. They're all women. But I don't think it's just because they're women, though. I think it's a lot of the shit they're saying. That but just it's easier to pick on that. women. I mean, yes, but like, what I, about Jamal I, Bowman? I, I agree with you, but I'm going to throw a little wrench into your theory because I think it's a little bit more than women. And I'm going to add Katie Porter. Because mm -hmm. Katie Porter doesn't get shit, and she is very outspoken she's, compared to yeah. the others. And she's also in a she's in a R plus eight yeah. um, district, and she wins as right. a Democrat. Like she she's not a quiet person, but she also you know she doesn't have the extreme quote unquote uh, on the video um, extreme views. I think there is a lot of views, but I also think a lot of it is themselves putting themselves in front of the camera to get their voice heard. Yeah. Um, you know, do you want to, do you want to sit on your thumb and just kind of keep winning or do you want right. to feel like you want to do something? And that's what I think a lot of these people in the squad do. But it's, it's, it's not, it's advancing an ideology, but also it's a doing it in like the common era of online activism, of online community building, of online active like activating a group online. And Katie Porter does an amazing job. And I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not uh, uh, bashing what Katie Porter did, but I've also heard this about uh, Kamala Harris. I've also heard this about um, what's her name. Uh, Senator Marjorie ran for president. Green Thomas or no, she ran for president. She was my Elizabeth second. Warren. Elizabeth Warren. Holy yeah. shit. I can't believe I forgot her name. Elizabeth Warren. But you don't hear about the same level of vitriol about wanting to murder Bernie, about wanting to murder Sheldon Whitehouse. Uh, right? Like it's a weird it's a weird way that the reaction goes straight to 
violence towards that person. Whereas with Bernie, it's like, oh, crazy Bernie, right? And then nobody knows who Sheldon Whitehouse is, but he's Katie Porter in the Senate, right? Like there's this weird reaction to these people. And and same with Gretchen Whitmer. I don't know hardly anything about Gretchen Whitmer's, Whitmer's politics, but there's this weird reaction that people have to women bearing that standard that when men bear it, they're allowed to be, they're allowed to buck the system in ways that women aren't, right? I I agree. Maybe I took it to a left turn there, fellas, but... No, I mean, the, I, I know what you're saying. Be, I just, I I almost, I, I almost hesitate to think that it's just because they're women, though, too. I think they're just... Like no, no, it's said, not they're just because their, they're women, right? No, there, but like, there are plenty of women in Congress, but there's, it's when, when, when women deviate from the norm, the air quotes norm, right? Or yeah. women deviate from the accepted mode of, of being. And men will, can do the same thing. And he's just a devilish rogue. Right. But if a woman does it, she's a bitch. Well, if a I, woman does it. It's, it's when, when they're not submissive. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. you, you you look at the the Murkowski and you know they're fairly moderate centrists. I mean they're Republican but moderate centrist. Um, and you know nobody really gives two shits except for Democrats who are like, why the fuck do you keep doing these things? <laughs> oh boy, here comes Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins saying they're going to really think about it. Yeah. We all know which side of the fence they're going to land on. Out of consideration, exactly. Right, well, but I mean, like, I I do get like, and I'm Sean's probably not gonna like what I'm gonna say next here, but I've I've seen some of the shit that Tulsi Gabbard will say, and and people on the left will want to fucking just they don't want they don't it's not the same kind no. of death threats, but they definitely say some really fucking mean shit about her. People, like, do, yes, I'm a hundred percent agreeing with you. The like, I disagree with Tulsi, but I I don't view I can couch my disagreements in ideology. Right. And yeah, talk about exactly. the yeah, ideological. Yeah. And, and that's acceptable. You can criticize our, our elected people who are, are holding elected office. That's what you're fine. supposed to. Yeah. But the way I the way that I see uh, uh, people criticize male elected officials is on that ideological level. And I'll call Ted Cruz an asshole. Right. All day long. It's like one of my favorite things to do it, like you guys seem to enjoy wrestling. I I enjoy calling Ted Cruz an asshole. That's true. Yeah, that's your hobby. Can. So the, no, you're right. It it is but, it is a little different. But the with... way that people, you're hundred percent right that the way people react to her is on the same vein as the way people react to the squad, and it it's 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 weird. Well, what I think is stranger is like my cousin who lives in Iowa has an opinion about AOC and I'm like what like because you're right like she but but like she's done to me that the, and the that's when I knew her ideology or her message or her narrative however you want to word it was kind of working because when someone in the middle of as Ken put it to me this week on Facebook bumfuck Iowa mm-hmm. if they care what AOC is saying um then that means she's kind of doing uh, a good can, job. Can I ask you a question though? 
do they care what AOC is saying or were they told to care what AOC? Oh, they're definitely listening to someone give an opinion and then they're just regurgitating that. What, like, was it a favorite? So real quick, what was the context? Was he like, fuck her or was yeah, she like, yeah. I love her? No, oh, it was, okay, it was okay. very much like, who the fuck does she think she is? Do you hear all the crazy bullshit she's saying about free health care and free student loans and it'll never happen and she's nuts and i can't believe she got elected and it, but yeah, but i but i could tell though like with she's Ken, nuts for wanting free health care <laughs> not it's nuts that we let 60 some thousand people die per year and we well, would but, all but, save half a trillion dollars by switching to medicare for all but but, yes. what, but what ken's saying is right though it's a lot of i heard a commentator zero because mm. this is what they do they'll zero yeah. somebody there's a great book by matt taby i just started reading about how it's hate ink yeah and it's really fascinating to explore his narrative of like this is what the like what fox news and msnbc and cnn like they're in the business of creating conflict like it really yeah. is and and it's kind of deviated a little bit because it, it it's deviated to youtube a little bit where you have a, a lot of liberal voices and a lot of conservative voices then creating kind of a brand around that same same kind of ideology but they're not doing the like we have this guest on and this guest on and we're all going to yell like they'll just have someone come on that they agree with and then they'll just circle jerk for you know an hour and a half or something so it's a little bit of a difference than the the cable news but it that is happening where someone just kind of catches a clip or they'll share something yeah. or they'll share a meme like the other day i i actually wrote this in my notes um i saw a meme about nancy pelosi buying a bunch of stock in tesla and then the next day, there was something that was signed by Joe Biden that would have benefited her investing in Tesla. And I and I saw the meme and I'm like, oh, that's got to be bullshit. And then I looked it up and actually she did do that. And yeah, so I so sometimes that stuff you you see like a meme and you think, oh, that's just someone getting a little, you know, over the top and, and, and they're getting a little too angry for nothing. But then, it you know, it sometimes it does check out. Not all the time. Was that, it the person who had an opinion on AOC? Because let me tell you about this AOC opinion that she has about, you know, yeah. Congress people owning stock. Oh, yeah, because because AOC is very combative with which that's the issue she's running into with Jimmy Dore now where Jimmy Dore is pushing for this Medicare for all thing. And then he kind of caught her using his own argument in another situation recently. And he kind of had a moment where he's like, she's literally saying the same thing I'm saying, but yet she doesn't like that. I said the same thing that she's saying. And it was really weird. And that's the other dichotomy of AOC is that she will say stuff that is not necessary because I don't even know if you would can is she considered a Democrat or is she considered something else like I know she's she's, she's a Democrat, Democrat name only but it's but it's it's kind of like Bernie like Bernie runs as yeah. a Democrat but he's not really a Democrat so that's kind of like she's the a DSA backed candidate who runs and she is a Democrat she's she's on the left wing of the Democratic Party yeah and I know the instance you're talking about with with the uh, seemingly logical in inconsistency with the force with, the vote stuff. Yeah, the force the vote. Yeah. So that Adam's referring to forcing the vote on Medicare for all versus when AOC said something to the effect of, "We need to get it on record that we we did the work, we tried to do something when it comes to holding people accountable for January sixth, holding yep. the president accountable, voting for impeachment, and and having those hearings." So one is. There is a fleet. So the, the the previous, let's start with the the January sixth and, and impeachment. When you say that, there is a fleeting moment in which you can exact accountability, right? Like after a certain point, 
it's not feasible any longer. You can't go too far back and demand accountability. So there is a point at which you have to get people on the record that after something as egregious as January 6th, if the Republicans don't want to vote for, to convict Donald Trump for inciting that riot, for not just inciting that riot, but working, actively working to get the Supreme Court to throw out votes, actively working to get rid of the the attorney general and install an attorney general, actively surrounding himself with people who are wanting him to use the Insurrection Act to declare himself the victor in the in the uh, election and to install uh, loyalists in the CIA, right? Like, it's not just the singular act. It's a multitude of acts that all point the same way as that Donald Trump was trying to steal the election. So there's a fleeting moment at which, in which you can have accountability and there needs to be accountability. There wasn't accountability after Orion Contra. There wasn't accountability after, you know, all the shit that, fucking bill clinton did and bill clinton like just did willy-nilly shit and i'm not talking about monica Lewinsky. and then bill and then george bush invaded a country off of evidence he manufactured right like and now we're still there because we invaded a country off of evidence we manufactured and the country who actually attacked us i'm sorry not the country the country who had the people who attacked us we we had control of in like a month and a half mm-hmm. but we but it became a big thing and everybody wanted to fucking parachute in and we want to have this big presence and want to do all the big war shit and we're still fucking there and then turned to shit in syria and it turned to shit in iraq Part Turkey, and Iran's trying to get a nuke. Saudi Arabia's over there still doing terrorist shit and funding it all. And Barack Obama's appeasing them, and he continued on the wars. He's drone striking the shit out of anybody with a cell phone that had a weird ping in a place he didn't like. Like, there's no accountability, and she's saying, like, at this fucking juncture, there's some fucking accountability, and the buck stops here, and I'm person in office now, and we're, we're, we're having some accountability, versus a fucking effort going back to the 40s for Medicare for all with people who have a strategic way they're advancing it when it's the most popular ever and you got a guy with a podcast no offense to podcasters right because they're a, a, a mixed bunch my favorite thing is as Sean's trying to kill Jimmy Dore as a podcast host. No offense to podcasters. No offense to podcasters, but fuck Jimmy Dore. But I see what he was but, saying though, because he's, but you see the difference, right? Like there is a of. massive fucking effort well, to get us Medicare for all. I think what he was trying to and say then is you, then he rides in on his fucking sure SM7B like a fucking white knight and goes, <laughs> "I've got an answer. I've got angry assholes that follow me, and I've got a massive Twitter following, and I'm not." Gri- I do get paid for clicks, watches, and likes. He does. Yeah. But I think what we ought to do is throw out 60 years worth of work and throw it all away on a meaningless vote. I think we the, know I think we his, won't win. I think his issue was is that she nonchalantly responded to his force to vote stuff and was like, ah, we'll just do it kind of when we have an opportunity. And then when this happened, she's like, we need to stop everything. We need to invest. He's like, hold on a second. Like, like you don't want to do something that would benefit millions and millions of people here, but you want to stop everything. And like it, he was trying to say, like, 
you have to make everything important. You can't just kind of buffet pick it. And the thing is like, I'm also a realist too. Like I, I listened to what he said. I understand the point he was making. I don't totally disagree with the point that he was making. But Are you trying to tell me not to lecture you because that's uh, it's going to fall on deaf No, because I've, I've listened to Jimmy Dore for a long time, and there's a lot of shit he says that I just I can't get on board with. And I've, I watched yeah. him, like, spit in Alex Jones's face, like, 10 years ago, and I thought that was weird. And, and you know, all the all the mm. young Turk people are fucking – I just – a lot of those people are yeah. strange. Um, yeah. But – because he used to be part of that, and then I, now he hates, oh, yeah. you know, all those people. But, um, but I get what he was saying. But uh, the, the – so rounding back, because I know we kind of we went we went down this this path with like AOC and, you can and all call this it stuff. A rabbit hole, it's fine. It's a little bit of a rabbit hole, just a little bit. Um, you, you'll notice that uh, I seem to regularly, and I'm not going to apologize for it. DV. I do seem to regularly defend AOC. You do, and, but but I, I'm glad I'm glad we kind of talked a little bit about it because we've we uh, I've I've had stuff where there's like there's there's some stuff that I've wanted to talk about with her, but she did get a little bit of attention with this stuff that's going on in the headlines. Cause I, I heard her account of being inside the Capitol. I think she, she hit out in a bathroom or she hit out mm-hmm. in Katie, was it Katie Porter's office or something? Both. So she was in her office. She heard banging on the door and she ran in the, to the bathroom and hid behind the door in the bathroom. And she heard people screaming, is she here? Is she here? Yeah. Is she here? And it turned out to be a police officer who was coming to get her. Ah, uh, Okay. And then she got out and then went into Katie Porter's office and looked for a place to hide in Katie Porter's office. And Katie Porter told this story of AOC coming in and typically is very polite, but she was running around looking for a place to hide and uh, was um, lamenting the fact that she was wearing heels. And so they found her some sneakers because she might have to, you know, she expected to have to run for her life. And it was a, um, so she relayed that in a, 90 minute video on on instagram live and it was um and i think people that just already on you know aren't into her um her politics and ideology they're gonna they're gonna just you know pounce on that kind of they're gonna say oh she's trying to be a victim and get attention and that you know the thing that like when you hear people say it, it's like well you know it i i try i try not to engage with people like that that that's their first approach with her but um but i do i mean going back to what Ken was talking about, about people, you know, if, if would they have actually pulled people out of there? Um, it would have been fucking weird. And, uh, definitely that rally didn't help. I'm just kind of surprised when I run it, when I run across people that were just like, Oh, just, you know, just another day. Cause I, I legitimately like had to show some people like, you do realize that a Capitol police officer was beat to death and pulled out. And then this other woman got shot in the neck because she, happened to be you know part of that crossfire trying to get inside the chamber and a lot of people just kind of no she wasn't cro- she they were screaming like do not enter yeah and, and then f- she entered she she pushed in and i mean she yeah. was she wasn't at the door but they definitely they warned them uh it, it wasn't it wasn't like a random occurrence but um so with with all the the capital stuff in mind the last time that we had that, that we had you on ken we were we were kind of going like okay I'm going to share a screen and we'll look at some of the, the numbers we looked at from four years ago in 2016 in the, in the state of Michigan. And that was, that was a, uh, a state that Trump, I, it wasn't a huge uh, margin. It was, what was the margin? God, it was very, very close. He won 47.6% to Hillary's 47.3%. Yeah. He, um, he, he won by about 11 K. Yeah. So it was very, very close. And I remember we were having this conversation last time about, okay, so 
he he flipped the state because that was a state that Obama won uh, in 2012. It, it, it had not been won by a Republican since Bush senior. Okay. Wow. All right. So there was a moment where it was, there wasn't a blow. Cause that was the one, th- I think that was the theme we all kind of looked at was that some of the States that he did win, it wasn't this, this like blowout victory that it was being portrayed out of the media. Like, yes, he won. He flipped a lot of States that Obama carried. Um, and, and, and a lot of Democrats had to, had to eat crow and, and take a hard swallow that night when they were like, Oh Jesus. And, but they were, but it was still pretty close. Um, so in keeping that in mind, we look at how things went a few months ago and Joe Biden won that state a little bit more 50.6% to 47.8%. Um, so I pr- I'm pretty sure you predicted Joe Biden, but you were kind of thinking it would be fairly close. I don't know if you, if you thought it was going to be as close as it was in, in 2016, but what was what was your how was your experience the the night of the election as those results because how long did it take for them to call uh michigan for biden uh michigan if i recall correctly was called that night okay um if not early the next day because i i if i'm recalling wisconsin wasn't called arizona wasn't called georgia wasn't called north carolina and nevada and alaska i think were on the list of Mm-hmm. uh the the major none called um that that day i got drunk and watched the boys um on amazon uh because i'm like i ain't i ain't paying attention to this shit because i'm gonna kill me like i'm just gonna stress myself out um i felt based on just living in the state itself um we are in such a weird state because obviously we are a huge pro union state but that union's the uaw and the uaw uh, workers are not big fans of Joe Biden um, or the Democrats for that matter. A lot of them are conservative, um, mostly, you know, fiscally conservative, uh, NIMBY conservatives, as I'll call them. Um, that, I don't I don't care about gay marriage. Just don't get gay married to me. Something like that. Um, you know, as long as abortion's banned, that's all I care about. Uh sure. So I, I felt that he was going to win the state itself. Um, of course, I don't know the other states. So I, I like Georgia wasn't even on my mind. Like I had uh, ideas of how else Joe was going to win. But the one thing that I saw different in 2020 than 2016 was the, the love for third parties um, was get the fuck out of here. Somebody brings up, you know, Joe Jorgensen and people are like, stop, get out of here. <laughs> someone, someone brings up, you know, whoever the, um, Howie Hawkins, Howie Hawkins. no, yeah. stop, get stop. the fuck out of here. Out of here. Yeah. Um, and if you look at the, the vote totals of third parties between 20, 2012, 2016 and 2020, 2016 is this crazy anomaly yeah. of, uh, almost 5% of people voted third party in 2016 um and i don't even think we hit two percent this year gary uh, johnson got 3.6 percent uh that was the guy that i voted for in 20 in 2016 and made sean cringe um he got 3.6 percent uh of the vote in michigan in, in 2016 yeah so there was a lot and i mean they they called it out in uh, american horror story cult like the protest vote 
Like that was a huge thing. And in 20, you know, last year, 2020, when people would post about Joe Dre, and that's fine. I have, I have friends who are huge into the libertarian party. Um, you know, people who are independents who voted, you know, green, I, I, I get it, but I'm like, what do you expect unless there is change and there's not going to be change unless you vote for a Democrat, um, because the Republicans aren't going to introduce ranked choice voting, um, in reference to if I said between a Republican and a Democrat, who's going to do it? Um, so there are changes that need to get made if we want to actually bring up third party representatives on a main ticket. But if these people can't even carry local politics, like you're not good enough yet. Like you're not big enough. You're not strong enough. Um, you know, I want Rake Chase Boyd. Yes, I, I no, want that's 100% I, right. I want Sean. You know, I know he's a big Joe Jorgensen fan to go into the polls and vote Joe Jorgensen. And then for secondary, because Joe doesn't make the qualifications, he votes for, you know, um, Donald Trump. Yeah, just 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 to clear the record, I would do neither of those two things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sean had to quickly chime in. But yeah, I, I would if, if you could give me that, even in one state, if you could give me that not not one state, a couple states. Let's get a few states out there. Maine um, does. Yeah, that's why I said because I know Maine did. <laughs> that's why I had to quite clarify. <laughs> kind of fucked up, you know, the challengers. But yeah. um but it, it, I I in principle I do agree with you. And and it would make ranked choice voting more palatable. But also you're hundred percent right that you to start a third party at the national level is fucking dumb. So here's a there's a perfect question then. We talked about this on two podcasts ago about the concept of the Patriot Party. Does that actually take off in oh, the no, next like, three years? Like is that no. gonna be a thing? Because I saw a lot of people the day of the inauguration. Patriot Party was trending on Twitter. Now I know it does. It, that's not a, a barometer of popularity, but it still it, it trended. So I clicked into it, and there was just a sea of Trumpers going. We're starting the Patriot Party. Fuck Republicans. Fuck Democrats. We're going to do this ourselves. Does that have any chance of taking off in the next three years? Now Only here's if Trump does. Only if uh, Trump does it. Yeah, there there was uh, I was listening to five thirty. It was either five thirty eight or Pod Save America, and they mentioned that they um, said that if there was a, are you a Republican or a Trump Republican? Okay. And so you were a Democrat Republican, and if you said Republican, were you a Trump Republican or a regular Repub Republican? And they were talking like the Republican and Trump, Trump Republican got like 18% and Republican got like 23%. Interesting. So you have this party that is nearly split in half to the point where if you were to split that and they were to actually get on the ballot and go through, you're, you're allowing the Democrats to run all over um, because you're going to have the Trump Republicans who are going to vote Republican. Mind you, this is in a, in a world that the Patriot party exists. Sure. Um, you'll have Trump Republicans go move over to Republican just to try to, you know, make sure that they vote for the Republican because third party bad. Um, but I still like, I, I think it could fracture and help the Democrats, but in the same sense, if it fractures and help the Democrats, then I don't think the Democrats do anything that I personally want them to do. <laughs> no, hey man no we're gonna get you another tax advantage account 
So that the expenses that you're going to have to make anyway has a teeny weeny tax advantage account possibility if you fill out 74 forms at four points during the year <laughs> on successive dates. Are you kidding me? You don't want that? Be great, right? It'd be, It'd be great. Change your life. Let's take that money, prepay. It prepay does make check, me give it to a massive fucking hedge fund to hold on to to pay your as medical As long as bills. they're not shorting GameStop. <laughs> oh, we got to talk about that, Adam. We should. I, we should. I still, okay, we got, I still We're switching gears. Up. We're stopping the stupid politics shit. And we're going to talk about GameStop. <laughs> I don't even understand it. I literally. Okay, so Sorry, I'm gonna Adam. Ex- I'm going to explain it because I fucking love this. Everyone, uh, we're just going to stop here. All right, just like stop, Adam. We're cutting it there, and this is going to be a clip. So we're talking about GameStop now, and we're at a point where it doesn't matter who you are, if you're not literally a hedge fund manager, we can all sing Kumbaya and agree here. (laughs) So what these hedge funds have done is they've taken GameStop, which was profitable in 2019, who has a new CEO coming from uh, Pets.com or some shit. How are they profitable? Uh, That that was my first question. In 2019. was GameStop. How they, though? I don't know. They, Use Nintendo well, Switch games. I don't hold on. When was the last time you went into a GameStop? Uh, I th- honestly, truthfully, I think 2006 or seven. They have literally changed the store. Yes, they do sell games and used games, but they sell paraphernalia. Okay. They sell hardware. They sell Funkos. They sell shirts. They sell little mushrooms from Mario. Like it's more than just uh, a game store now. Okay, so they've um, rebranded essentially. It's still GameStop, but they've expanded. That's not the point of the story. No, I know. I the just, business model. I just when you said that they were was, profitable, I didn't yeah, understand how that was okay. They were profitable in 2016, and then during the pandemic, they're like they're probably like they just were looking like one of the places that was going down, 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 down. Right. Sure. So this hedge fund took out shorts against the stock, where basically they say. Hey, let me borrow your stock and I'm going to sell it and then I'll pay you back for it in on X date, right? So they take the stock, they sell it, and they said they'll pay the person back later. And that person who sold it to the hedge fund is like, I think that my stock is going to go up. So then when I ha- they have to pay me for it later, I'm going to give them a $10 stock and I think it'll be a $15. So they got to pay me $15, mm-hmm. right? And then the person who who bought it and sold it to somebody, the hedge fund, is hoping like, I think I bought a $10 stock and I think it's going down. So I think I'm going to sell it now for 10. It's going to go down and I buy it from that guy in like whatever amount of time for five bucks, right? Sure. It's going to go down. And they bought so many that it actually depressed the price of the stock. So it was working. And then these assholes on Reddit, and by assholes, I mean glorious assholes on Reddit, saw this, because you can look this stuff up somehow, magical way, and see like the institutional ownership of the shorts. And there were so many people shorting GameStop that it was, they actually shorted more stock than had been issued by GameStop, right? Okay. So if there's 100 million shares issued, they've shorted like 40% more than that. So they shorted like 140 million shares. And so these people on GameStop are like, fuck that. We got our Trump checks. We're putting them in GameStop. 
And so the, the, the stock skyrocketed. And by skyrocketed, I mean went from $9 to 340 I did see right? that, yeah. So this is all happening, and everybody's freaking out because the these hedge funds, they don't have like $28,000 invested. They've got like a billion dollars invested. Mm -hmm. And at that point, they'd lost $3 billion. And I saw a figure just yesterday that over the last week, the sh sh people doing a pump and dump, which is what it's called, where you pump up the price, somebody fucks up their short, and then you dump the stock at its peak. That costs hedge funds $17 billion over oh. the last few weeks, oh right? So Reddit, Reddit is just out there like, fuck these hedge funds. Jesus. It's a bunch of uh, millennials who saw like our parents get fucked in 08 yeah. by these same people, uh -huh. or more likely their fail sons, right, who are fucking running hedge fund accounts now. And their dads are, you know, like, what the doing fuck? lines of coke down in the Caribbean or whatever. <laughs> still so anyway you pump this up but that's not where it ends so robin hood the app that they were using that is democratizing stocks right it's a free, it lets you do free trades by the way if you're using a free app like facebook you're the product right like sure. if you're using a free app like twitter you're the product if you're using a free app like robin hood you're the product and the way that robin hood had you be the product was they had they would let hedge funds know of your trades microseconds before the trade was completed. So the hedge fund would buy a stock. It, it in a micro way, would bump up the price. And then your price confirmation would come in. You wouldn't really know, right? Because you were buying like three shares. And the sure. difference in price at three shares is 0.01 cents. So like... I'm not going to know, and I'm not going to be like, hey, you guys told me it was going to be 8 bucks and turned out to be 24 <laughs> It's right. It's like 8.02 cents versus 8.022 cents. That's the difference in microtransactions that these algorithms can handle, and Robinhood gave that data to hedge funds. And so these hedge funds were trading on this, making a shitload of money because don't, like guys like us were just trading stocks, and it's fine. Mm. However, the algorithms were noticing that a, that that uh, AMC was going up, GameStop was going up, mm -hmm. and the algorithms started buying that shit. So these people are also playing the algorithms, having the algorithms, the other hedge funds buying fucking stocks, pushing and skyrocketing the price. And so these hedge funds assholes are like, whoa, fuck, hold on. And it turns out the people who owned money, like, I forget the relationship with his hedge fund, but the people who owned Robinhood came down on Robinhood and said, put a stop to this. So yeah, Robinhood stopped letting them have, and there were reports the White House was involved. Mm -hmm. Like a bunch of different trading companies would only let you liquidate your assets in that company. So this democratization of trading, they all they all went to this position of like saving their hedge fund buddies. Even though they had nothing to do with them, right? Mm -hmm. It was you. You were our ostensible customer, and you're the one who owned the stock. And then I'm the guy over here thinking, like, I'm gonna go buy some GameStop. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't log on to a fucking app and go buy GameStop, right? Because mm -hmm. they they shut it down. But if you own GameStop, you could sell it. And there were accounts that Robinhood was automatically selling people's GameStop and AMC. Uh, and there are a couple of the BlackBerry uh, stocks 
at like day trading lows. So the the app with whom you own through whom you own your stocks was liquidating and selling your assets or were only or would only let you liquidate and sell your assets to help the hedge funds push down the price so they they didn't lose as much money. Huh. Now there is an issue with systemic risk, right? So if these redditors were like fuck that hedge fund or fuck those hedge funds, right? Mm -hmm. There is the possibility that those hedge funds going down drags down accounts because these people are all intertwined, right? There is the possibility that that, that activity drags down the entire market and really hurts a lot of That's people. That's what I right? kept reading. I kept reading, you're going to kill the market. If you have a 401k, it's going to kill your 401k. Like, There's that doing? possibility, right? Yeah. But, so I think mostly that's, that is fear-mongering because if you, Adam, are like hedge fund Adam and I'm over here hedge fund Sean and I notice you're over-leveraging your short positions and I go like, you know, you know what? I'm gonna buy the shit out of that. I'm gonna push. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna push up the price, and then I cause you to lose three billion dollars, and I'm sitting there ha fat yeah. and happy. I'm the king of fucking Wall Street, and I'm just the smartest guy in the room, right? The only problem comes when it's a bunch of people on Reddit who are like, "I've got seventy four dollars." And I'm gonna buy some Reddit. Mm. Are you hundred and eighty thousand people with me? And they all go. Yeah. It, yeah, I'm someone, with you. Someone took the scene from Lord of the Rings when there was the army firing itself up and then they, it was against the other clan. It was like Okay. They, they put okay, the, let's pause it real real quick. Are we talking about Helm's Deep? Are we talking uh, about sure. I have only watched Lord of the Rings like once in my entire life, so I don't I don't right. know what I'm talking about, but was I saw it, I saw a video. That's all I saw on Twitter. Okay. Was there was there like a circle of elves and humans versus it was the, like the, it was the clinking of with, the swords to fire everybody up? It was the guy on a horseback going cling, 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 and everybody was getting ready to have a big big fight. Okay, so you're talking about the Rohirrim. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Sure. Now I understand and then they just they just put GameStop and AMC and and <laughs> <laughs> it said Redditors and then it was it's, but it was it was like like this online kind of and i i guess the one thing that i never had answered out of this is how did they not see this coming did they just not think that that many people would get together because like they clearly yeah. don't understand reddit i mean it's very apparent yeah. they just don't they just don't get it so yeah people don't get it the internet's like happening over there yeah it's fuck yeah fuck where they got like i get it's, it's that elitism yeah. when the elitism is confronted with the fact that they are not special Right. These people who own some of these companies are they are special in that they are like semi psychotic in the way that they can focus on a task and ignore like, literally the rest of the world. Right. That, But like they're not unique in their abilities like the this supposed meritocracy that put these people at the top of companies or the top of hedge funds or the kings of Wall Street is sometimes luck. And it's also the fact that like you have institutionalized your position by the fact that you have money, right? Like, and then some dude who can look at the same data or not exactly the same, but can look at the same trends and who can see this approximately the same data as you mm -hmm. can read those tea leaves too, who actually does have aptitude yeah. and who can get people to come, like, come on board, who actually wrote a book about this. I read that this guy wrote a book or some like was working out of a book when those people who have ascended via America meritocracy 
based on where you go to college or how much money you've made or how much money more likely your family has made <laughs> come into contact with people who actually have an aptitude for the thing that you are supposedly the best mm-hmm. in the world at they they cannot fathom <laughs> that they haven't earned that spot and I, uh, I, it's honestly my that's my opinion but like that's how i think that's what it comes down to right I'm just and I'm, I I'm fucking still... love this whole GameStop Reddit fucking thing. I didn't buy any GameStop. I um, was curious. Did did you buy any Ken? Did you get any GameStop or you were just you're just like man? No, I I mean I I always have like my my savings and stuff is in a Schwab account. So technically yeah. I could have hopped onto Schwab. Um, but I wasn't fucking with that game. I, I, yeah. It was funny. I had a, I had two people that I'm very close with, and and they they both were like. Make sure you watch your 401k like a hawk over the next two weeks. It's going to, pl- if these fucking Redditor, they, they were so angry. And I was like, calm down. Like, and then I, it's so like, I pick are, up. The- are they, are they 60? Cause it don't no. fucking matter what your 401k does tomorrow if you can't get it out tomorrow. I know. That's kind of what I was saying. Uh, Cause I, I kind of have like two. I have like the traditional 401k with stock investment. And then I have like the, hey, I'd like to retire when I'm 55 401k. And that that one is just regardless of whatever I'm doing is fine. It's the other one where it's like they were all like, "Oh, check your stocks," and it was just I, it was it's just kind of funny to because I could see Sean, Sean was smiling the entire time. By the way, that he was describing this, and it's it's, oh, it's it is, wonderful, honestly. It's honestly, just fun to watch people those panic. people. I know but it is. It is fun to watch people panic. Here's the thing, too, is that and and this is I'm not a financial advisor, but if your 401k goes to shit, that's the time to fucking up your into your 401k uh-huh. because now you're going to buy shares at a really low price yep and like people don't understand like sure um like i i bought bitcoin on a high like i bought bitcoin at like a 38k and i'm like you know you know it's it's hit to 40 before it's going to hit probably over you know after 40 and i'm like shit it's starting to go down so it got down to like 32k and i'm like all right well what i'm going to do is i'm going to buy more at 32k so that my average price to buy was you know 35 and now it's sitting at 37 sure i bought stuff at 38 but i'm making money yeah no that's fair i i heard a lot about dogecoin this this uh, uh, last uh like dude i my dude, our, my fucking neighbor, uh, Joe. If you're listening, Joe, Joe was like texting me. He's like, "Dude, you gotta get a Dogecoin." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> he I'm was telling just, you, I when I first it. look at Dogecoin, I was like, "What a silly thing!" It's like less than a penny. <laughs> yeah. And then it went from like point, literally point zero two cents per Dogecoin to six cents, uh-huh. and I was like, "Like, well, hmm, okay, I might should here. buy some Dogecoin." And then I went, I just looked at it. It went down to two cents, and old dumb dumb Sean was like, "I'll get it when it's less than a penny again." <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hold Fuck. on. Here. Just wait a second here. Wait a minute. Listen, I've been looking at stocks for all of three days, which makes me an expert. I'm now. an expert. So now. yeah, I've watched this trend line go up, 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 and now it's on its downward turn, and I'll buy it when it's back all the way at the bottom. It's been turns a while, out man. it was. It was at the bottom. Yeah, it's it was. in past tense. Yeah, according to the line as it has sat. Uh, the last three days. <laughs> well, there's there's a lot of uh, <clears throat> a lot a lot of panicky peats with when it comes to the stock market and stuff. And I know that that was that that was always the big. Um, it's a fun, it's a fucking irrational. It's a fucking irrational institution mm-hmm. that has no tie any longer to any valuation of a company. Like GM just came out and said we're gonna have what was it? it 
30 new vehicles by 2025 that are all EVs. Really? 30 new vehicles that are that are EVs by 2025. Nissan makes more electric vehicles in a month than Tesla does in a year. Tesla yeah, just had a recall. Tesla, by the way, Sean's not a big Tesla guy. If Tesla you... just had a recall of 130,000 vehicles, they just blew up another fucking rocket because of whoopsies. Well, right? I, they I, haven't I, made a single fucking roof. Science, I don't think they made any roofs. Well, don't throw your fucking science at me. I mean, do you want NASA to, do you want blew to... up some rockets and it wasn't a big deal. Tesla blows them up and I'm going to call it a big deal. I mean, it's I it's, it's science. I mean, you're going to No, gonna I'm I'm, up, but right? I'm giving him shit, but like but like <laughs> I'm tying it to the valuation of the rock of, of of the stock, right? So so SpaceX and Tesla and yeah. the batteries that they make and the the roofs they're going to make. I still sure. haven't seen a truck run off that line, right? There's no rational reason why their stock has been skyrocketing because there are companies that do more companies that do them better they just don't have this weird brand appeal also the stock market is not tied to the real lives of working Amer of actual americans right nope we have had more unemployment in the last year than we've had since since the, and I think including the Great Depression, to which the CBO is saying we won't climb out of this for a decade. Yeah, right. the The stock market is is completely disconnected from the actual economy of America. Or and just the world. to be clear, we were heading that direction before COVID. Even we hit. were. I mean, we were. Was, I mean, it was it was and happening. COVID just highlights it. Yeah, We're having this K-shaped recovery because it went down and everybody went, oh, the market's rational. Turns out, no, it's not because you've got people who own, like BlackRock, who is also an institutional nemesis of mine. They don't know it yet because <laughs> they're not a human being. But BlackRock goes to South American companies and tells them when their payments are due, right? Yeah. Like yeah. You've got a company telling countries when their payments are due and the terms with which they're going to repay their debts. And that level of power and amalgamation of, of power and that level of money is just, it's a world into itself. It's a world of itself. And it's, 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 you get to a point where it's self-sustaining and they can move their money where, where things are happening and it doesn't fucking matter what happens in America because if Saudi Arabia's got something booming with Neom, sweet. That's fine. We're moving our money over there. If the Brazilians find some lithium, great. If Elon Musk steals it, awesome. Right? Like like you see what I'm saying? Like it's just like it's a it's a complete fucking disconnect from the rest of the real world. It is. And um speaking of of COVID, I wanted to kind of uh close with this a little bit. Um Sean and I probably well, and I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll be surprised by this answer, but I feel like we live in a state, Ken, that the governor just doesn't give a fuck about COVID. Um, I'm mm -hmm. surrounded on a daily basis by people that blatantly don't wear masks, don't give a fuck about COVID. Um, you know, yes, the numbers are coming down. I can't I can't sit here and tell you that they're not because they are. But there's also there was also a warning recently that these mutated strains are, are now in now they're actually in the state of Iowa. There's, there's only like three or four cases of it so far. 
Um, the fear was that it was going to come to the United States because they found it in the UK and now it's here. And then there was somebody from the CDC that said, hey, in the next like six to eight weeks, it's going to get pretty fucking dark. Um, so Sean and I have had our rants and raves about how uh, the state of Iowa has handled COVID, but how has the, the state of Michigan handled the situation and what, what has been some of your personal experiences with it? Oh, Jesus. Um, Loaded question. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously we were kind of talking about it earlier with the whole, you know, Gretchen Whitmer's decisions in the Michigan health uh, department and um, all the decisions they were making. One of the big things being someone who was in the restaurant industry up until April, um, when I was laid off, I was in the restaurant tech industry. Um, I know like the, the amount of things that people don't understand when you sit down at a restaurant and you're eating and you're there for two hours and your mask is off, like the circular air is what's going to hurt you so much. And people don't understand that. Cause they're like, Oh, well I can go into a Walmart and I'll be at a Walmart and I have to always wear my mask. You know, why is Walmart open? And they don't understand that you're wearing your mask and you're practicing social distancing and you're doing all these other things that we ask, whereas at a restaurant, that's not happening as much. So we had restaurants were closed again right before Thanksgiving up until what's Wednesday, two days ago. Um, <laughs> so restaurants were closed. They were carry out only um, to go only curbside delivery, pick up all that stuff. No dining inside. Um, there was dining outside and some restaurants were definitely not following the rules of what the outside dining is because they were making like, tents that people just sat in and patios and stuff with like four walls and it's basically indoors um now a lot of places that i know were following the correct rules because sure you could lose your you know liquor license for a month and be okay but if you lose your brewer's license from the department of agriculture you're fucked um so the things that we saw like i saw i went to a, a couple breweries uh, about two weeks ago um, people were outside drinking. It's cold and 20 and snowing and people are just like having fun, hanging by the fire pit and just, just relaxing. So um, we saw like it, in the area where I am, I'm in Washtenaw County, which is a really heavily democratic uh, area. Uh, you know, everybody's for the most part wearing their masks. There's not too many people being a, a piece of shit about it. Um but when you get the further and the further you get north where the hospitals are fewer and further between and less beds, people just don't care. Hmm. Um, they get, they just don't care at all. And there's, it gets to a point where you're going up to Houghton in the UP and people are blatantly not wearing masks and getting fines. And they say, fuck you to the fines. Like they just, they just don't care. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of people are wearing it. Um, I have friends and family who, um, you know, bitch about it online and it takes everything out of me not to start an argument with them because I know it's just not going to go anywhere. Um, these people have made up their minds and they'll never change because they've been given the information. They've been given the correct information. They just choose not to believe it or choose not to care. Um, the, the one connotation I keep hearing, uh, and maybe it's a narrative or opinion, I don't know, is that people that have uh, had the virus go, 
Well, you know, I've, I've already had it and everybody around me's already had it. So I don't really see the point in wearing a mask anymore. You can and, fucking get it again, though. But I, and that, that's kind of what I've brought up. I'm like, well, you do realize that that doesn't make you immune to getting it a second time. And they're like, well, it hasn't happened yet. And I, it, it really there's a, I've noticed a, a difference in opinion of people who've had the virus and who haven't had it. Um, I have not had it yet. I don't know. I don't believe you've had it yet, Ken, right? I have not. No. And, and Sean hasn't had it yet. I know people very, very, very close to me, uh, family members that I was around that I thought I did get it and I tested negative um, that did get it. But that is the one. And, and I told Sean, I, I've, I, I did pick up at a, a restaurant um, a few weeks ago and not one fucking mask that I not except for the people working there. Um, but not, I didn't see one mask and, and yes, they were sitting at a table. So maybe they decided to take their mask off because they thought, but they're not there. There were, there were, there were some restaurants around Sean and I that I saw making a genuine effort to, to create space in restaurants. Um, and then there's just other places where like, they're just, they just don't give a fuck. Um, and, I, well, and it's I'm, not just the, it's not just the individual actions. Like we, we've kind of talked about individual actions for sure. a bit, right? It's, the institutional response we still aren't effectively tracking people we no. still aren't effectively doing here in iowa uh test and trace we still aren't doing effective testing like our testing at test iowa is going down day by day by day and i know it's picked up there's some pickup by private labs right but that's not necessarily getting fed into the reporting data the state offers and the the tracking for covid deaths has gotten fucked up we yeah, went from then like, we have like a string of a couple of days where there was no deaths and all of a sudden they said oh by the way 250 people died in iowa yes. from COVID. and we were like wait yeah. what and then <laughs> just like all yeah, of you, a so sudden your data's going down you have this one day spike at 250 and it goes like so you have yeah. like 78 it was like 140 110 78 50 3 3 250 78 78 10 yeah three right it was like this fucked up like grid of like nah like it's we're getting so tired of it let's just report it in weekly batches right and and but also like when it comes to the to the vaccine rollout it's been a shitty vaccine rollout uh -huh. like they're in arizona i've got a buddy who lives in arizona they have drive-throughs at stadiums that like you sign up online it's an online thingy you, you get your appointment, you drive up. Um, there were issues up at the beginning where they would pull vaccines out. They thaw them out and you have a timeline. This woman knew like she came up. She knew knew like, okay, here's the time frame. She brought eight van loads of people and that were that stood up like, no, this is good, right? Yeah. So they said, stand over there, wait over there. And if we are going to have to throw some of these away, uh, we'll we'll put the shots in arms. Yeah, right. That's good because it has an hour. You you thaw it out. The lipid layer starts deteriorating. So once it thaws out, you got an hour. You have to put it in an army. You throw it away. It's no good. So they said, wait over there. Um, if if no one scheduled comes up, we'll put them in. Like okay. And then they said, okay, we got a few minutes. Get over here. Shot 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 shot. Eight eight carloads drove off with with vaccines in them. Right. So there were. There was the plan, and then there was the flexibility to put shots in arms. And so here in Iowa, we have neither a plan 
nor the flexibility to put shots in arms, right? We're still at one, still in Lynn County, we're at 1A. Yeah. Still trying to get the fucking shots to doctors and nurses. Meanwhile, Arizona's just like, yeah, drive over to Cardinal Stadium. No problem. My, uh, shots my, in arms. My sister-in-law lives in Kansas City, and she had to figure out for my mother-in-law how she could go get a vaccine here in Iowa um, and helped her. And that that's how confusing it was. Like, the, it's just not... The, yeah. the, the, it was strange to me too because I always hear this from from conservative people that don't leave shit up to the government. The government fucks up everything. Don't trust the government. So then the conservative line is let the states decide. Well, the states have been given an opportunity to decide and the states really fuck this up. So when I hear that now, I'm like, I, do you really know what you're saying then when, when you're telling me that we should leave stuff up to the states because we're now seeing the result of that. Um, and I've been I've been actively, you know, looking at the the task force in the last couple of weeks and they're making some big promises where they want to go in these big stadiums and they want to get like what like a million vaccines a day and i don't know if that's even going to be realistic at some point um but i i was going to share something with you guys um a little clip from uh it's weird to say this now it's uh it's uh president biden now um giving a uh a, I'm used to going to like, hey Sean, I got another fucking crazy Trump clip to play for you, and now it's just, and not not to say that like old Joe Biden doesn't sound kind of kind of yeah. old and, and crazy, but this is uh, this is what he said a few about a week or so ago about uh, about his personal uh, COVID nineteen response. Let me be very clear: things are going to continue to get worse before they get better. The memorial we uh, we held uh, two nights ago will not be our last one, unfortunately. The death toll will likely top 500,000 next month. The cases will continue to mount. We didn't get into this mess overnight, and it's going to take months for us to turn things around. But let me be equally clear. We will get through this. We will defeat this pandemic. And to a nation waiting for action, let me be the clearest on this point. Help is on the way. Today, Today, I am unveiling a national strategy on COVID-19 and executive actions to beat this pandemic. This plan reflects uh, the ideas I set forward during the campaign and uh, further refined over the past three months. It consists of uh, my transitions teams, the task force, Tony Fauci and the team here today and other experts put this plan together. Our national strategy is comprehensive. It's based on science, not politics. It's based on truth, not denial. And it's detailed. You can review this entire plan, this entire plan, by going to whitehouse.gov. I don't know if anybody's going to actually go to whitehouse.gov and look at this, but I, I heard this and I was like, okay, so we had the, the, the Trump approach, which was let's let the states decide, let's let them do what they want to do. To some degree, I think it has worked in some states, and it ha- like California is a fucking mess right now. Uh, the governor Newsom has just terribly handled this this entire process, um, and then you have some other states that are are making an effort to open back up again, but they're also trying to be careful. But I I don't feel like that's happening in all states. I think there's just there's 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 like the the far extreme of like let's fucking shut everything down. There's the people in the middle that are like okay let's open up but let's be really careful. And then there's the people that are just kind of like uh, well we'll 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 let's kind of see how this goes. And and I don't and are they just flat I don't care. I mean they, I, to me I feel like we're 
on the we don't give a fuck train, uh, Sean, in yeah. Iowa, because I just yeah. I, I see restaurants and bars and just everything's open. Yeah. And we it's had been yeah. supposed to wear a mask, but but no man. one's wearing a mask. Yeah. I mean, I do see. I mean, the, the one thing I will say is like if I go to a restaurant or a bar or, if I, you know, walk in to do pickup or something, they, the staff is wearing masks. But there's just tables full of people just like 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 what, what Ken was talking about, because I, I do think it's important to reiterate what you said, Ken, and that there is there is this like uh, you, you'll hear this thing from people of like well i go to the grocery store all the time or i go into walmart or go into target or something because like target's really strict about it you can't walk mm-hmm. into a target unless you're wearing a mask if you try to walk in they kick you out but if you do go to a restaurant even if i guess the, i guess the, another question i would have um that, that maybe you could help address ken is that if you do go to a restaurant and they do make a genuine effort to space you out uh, from table to table, um, I don't know if it's if it's like the the six feet rule or a little bit maybe ten. If they are making that effort and everybody in the restaurant that's handling your food and your beverages wearing a mask and sanitizing, but as soon as you sit down at your table and you're not wearing a mask, would you feel safe in a place like that? If they were making a genuine effort to space out the tables and they were only allowing you know a certain amount of people inside the restaurant at one time. Well, right now we in Michigan are at 25%. So that is what the amount of indoor dining is. It's at 25%. Okay. Um, so I went to a restaurant today. I went to a Coney Island, um, had myself a nice little chili cheese uh, omelet, and I was happy. Um, so when you, for, for me, and like I, I have a high-risk girlfriend, um, my girlfriend has a transplant, so she's not 100% herself. She has part of other people inside of her. Sure. And when dealing with COVID, like we have to be extra careful. We have to be extra cautious. And I kind of just trust her and her opinion and decision. Now, where you go is, is that you just have rules that are not asinine, but enough that people decide that they need to bitch about it for example you can't have tables more than six so you can't have more than six people at a table so oh well my family of seven can't dine there now like oh and people who were you know you go to a bar and remember pre-covid like you'd be like oh i'm here we got a bunch of friends we're gonna move all these tables together well you can't do that because they separated the tables so that they have the right amount of tables for social distancing so i people want to try to make it as if you know the world is normal and it's not right and there's some there's some really good assets out there now um one of whom is michael osterholm's uh COVID-19. He works for SIDRAP, which is also, it's in Minnesota. And he now works for the Biden administration, I think. But basically SIDRAP does um, uh, pandemic monitoring. He's done it for decades. And so he's got a lot of really good information. Um, I've listened to a few of his his articles. And even in a, um, there have been studies of Korean uh, test and trace where they actually give a fuck about things like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they test people and like, where did you get it? They'll find out where you got it. And there have been a few instances in which a person on the other side of a of a um, restaurant got it from uh, sitting and eating with people on the other side of the restaurant because the air circulation mm. has carried it all the way to them. So you, you do have to be that. That's where this like we have to trust the science. We'll just reduce it to 25 
percent. It's like, yeah, but it's not really the science, right? Like, it's not really the science. I'm it's, just saying it, it is safer than having a bunch of people smashed into a restaurant. It is safer, right? And and you know, if you want to go eat, but like, just just know that like you, there is a possibility because you're sitting in uh, an enclosed area with other people, and there is a higher risk uh, associated with it. And the, and meanwhile, I do want to point out because I feel like it's my duty to be a little bit fair here, not a lot bit fair, just a little bit. That like Mario Cuomo in New York is not doing the whole science thing. No, nope. right? Like just just when the when there's a bad rollout, he's he's rolling out the COVID response through his buddies or his donors, and it, it ain't going well. And all the people who planned his COVID response are either getting fired or quitting or whatever's happening out there. But but this this problem is coming to people who are there to be figureheads, who are there to be the celebrities in charge of mm -hmm. your state, and not actually people who deserve the position that they're in, who got there because of some personality trait that people want to have a beer with them, right? I don't have a, that's a guy I'd want to have a beer with. I like But that tell guy. you what, I don't want, I don't fucking want the guy running a state or a country to be a dude I would necessarily want to have a beer with. I want to be the nerdiest dude who's like, you know how I'm going to get these roads paved? X, Y, and Z. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to have super smooth roads. Never going to meet you. You're not going to want to have a beer with me. I'm going to enjoy these super smooth roads and a very clear, concise way to understand a vaccine rollout for the next pandemic. This is going to be great. I'm going to, I'm going to elect that nerd over there to go nerd around with whatever state resources he's got, he or she's got. <laughs> there's there's not, two... Sorry. Um, no, you cut me off. That's just the way we go here. <laughs> there, there, there's two things that I kind of want. Like one, with regards to the restaurants, I think a lot of it's compromise in an attempt to try to keep restaurants rolling and moving. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's because of this is the one time in this country where we needed a national um, policy to then be doled out by states and like adjusted by states um, for each state. And we had no national guideline. Mm -hmm. Each state was like, figure it out yourself. Well, I noticed and people then, interpreted CDC guidelines the way they wanted to interpret them. Well, yes, but you had like the, the big issue in Michigan right now is like the PPP rollout. And especially the, the first PPP rollout where, you know, like the, Kobe Bryant or not Kobe Bryant. He died. Um, LeBron LeBron or whoever made a shit ton of money for his restaurants. Like he's getting $10 million in PPP loans. Oh, I don't know about that. Sorry. Oh, I it's, it's probably, it's probably not LeBron. It's somebody else. Kanye West got the same thing. Like he threw his company. Yeah. People were like, what the fuck? Like, Can I throw this out there? Marjorie Taylor green, the Congress, the freshman Congresswoman from Georgia got four hundred some four hundred fifty thousand dollars in PPP loans. Really? And then she's over here like we need to be fiscally conservative. She got four hundred fifty thousand dollars in PPP <laughs> loans for her gov for her for her. Uh, she have a company company, company yeah. and she transferred it to her campaign. Oh, cool! Appreciate it. Just yeah. want to throw that out there if you're a, a Marjorie Taylor Greene. But I. I, I roll in a lot of restaurant circles in the state just because of my last job and the things that I do um, on the, the side with the, the, the beer industry. And people are talking about like the odds of you getting a PPP loan right now is like one in 10 in Michigan. 
Oof. It's extraordinarily low. You have people who are well-connected because it's implemented through banks. Yep. So if you have a really good relationship with your bank, or a lot the of bank will give bank. it to you. Yeah. yeah, if you own, if you owe money to the bank, if you've got that ongoing, so so these large companies who have really good, or they're connected with their banks, are able to get it because it's not coming directly from the Fed. The Fed gives it to these banks, and the banks administer the the doling out of these loans. The doling out of our taxpayer money to our neighbors is happening through banks. Yep. The saving of companies is coming or the saving of corporations is coming direct from the treasury uh -huh. the bailing out of the mom and pa store is being arbitrated through a fucking bank yeah and Go so here. and so if you're over here and running your business you know a small business very low loans you're just making things happen and you need help to get through the pandemic if you don't have a relationship with your bank they'll get to you when you get peace you. yeah but if you've got a first name relationship with your banker well no problem no yeah, problem. we got you we got you we got you Brad. we got you i see you've got 48 million dollars with us let's get you 17 more from the government it's a forgivable I loan. better shut the fuck up and not elaborate on sean's point there because i might be kind of in an industry where it's like oh you got loans for jobs and there's more jobs coming fuck yeah man bring them on and yeah it's yeah it's it really is it so like when when i'm hearing ken talk about the beep, restaurant boop, industry beep, boop, beep, 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 beep. hello is this 60 minutes i got a story for you <laughs> <laughs> it is scary though. I don't know what it is, but just just listen to this. I'm gonna put you well, on Well, Ken Ken knows the industry that I'm in right now, and it's it sucks that my industry benefits from this, and then the restaurant industry is just like, well, hopefully we'll figure something out and it's let's let's encourage those those uh you know people to show up and pick up the food and hopefully that, you know, that helps, but obviously that's not gonna do the trick. And and we've seen I can't say much. I worked in modification, short sale, and foreclosure in 2009. <laughs> That's pretty true. Dude, so did I. Oh, yeah, we bonded over this. Yeah, you did back. bond yeah. over that. Yeah, last time. Um, I was going to say, me too, man. The only thing that's just really upsetting. The only thing that's really upsetting is the fact that, like, I hop on LinkedIn and I see the company that I used to work for. Fastest growing company 2020. 2020 entrepreneurs of the year. I'm like, Oh wow! You you lost. You released half of your staff, and yeah. now you're like trying to hire back some people, hiring back everyone else. I haven't gotten a call. Um, yeah, but I'm just like that's. You don't right. need them, Ken. Fuck those I, assholes. Fuck them, Ken. Yeah. Fuck, fuck those, those guys. assholes. <laughs> well, I I I should say my I have a clause that I cannot say anything negative. Yes, you just have to sit there and go, yeah, sure, okay. Yep, yep. Cool. I, if if that's how you feel, Sean, good for you. More power to you with your opinion there. Exactly. That's how that works. You know what? Workers of the world need to unite, Ken. We should uh you should unite to overthrow the the the, the bourgeoisie. I, I I tell you what, uh, you will learn really fast wherever you are, whoever you work for, that you can be broken down to a number on a spreadsheet, and that's Ooh, all you're worth. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a yes. new reality for a lot of people yes. right now. Like it was, it was uh uh not so subtly reminded. Of me. I was top salesperson. I'm a, I work for a multi billion dollar corporation, and I was the top salesperson in North America, and uh, you know, like kind of do my thing i'm on the stage I'm like, wow yay and then i'm sitting down with my boss and he's like just so you know like you're still a rounding error in the exchange rate yeah oh, okay thanks this is get out there a, and be a, somebody this is kind of a career high for me appreciate you <laughs> thanks for pulling the, me off the, that pedestal <laughs> thanks for the pep talk there bud thanks i appreciate the it talk. 
Well, he I meant I, it in love, but well, I'm, I know, but it, that that is true. I, I'm anxious to see how uh, Biden task force works versus Trump task force, because um, even it if you work hard to say, yeah, they'll work like they'll meet. That'll... I don't know if they'll do good, but they will work. I just I'm 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 more function. so like, are we going to see a different result than what we saw the last, you know, nine, ten months? Because yes. I've I've been constantly reminded about how Trump was this outsider. He wasn't really a Republican. He wasn't really a Democrat. He was going to. No, he was a Republican. He was, but he was also, I mean, he was kind of a New York Democrat for a long time. So people try to pretend like he wasn't, but he was. And uh, he'd funneled millions of dollars into the I was going to say, they, and, they have a word for that. It's Republican. He was a Republican, but he, he'd funneled millions and millions of dollars into both Clinton campaigns. So this idea that he wasn't funding Democrats either is a little silly. Um, well, he's but, a, he was a supposed billionaire. Like, this well, is I mean, what they do. They, they grease both pockets, man. They grease and the then, pockets, but I'm more anxious to see what develops over. And again, I don't know if, if do I need to uh, curtail my expectation level and think like, okay, it's, it's February now. Um, he said he's a couple weeks on the job with a task force that's apparently new. Do you give them until the summer? No, um, no, fuck no. They're, they, they should be hitting the ground running. He knew he won. He had a he had a team. He the people who were on that team have known about this from the beginning. Supposedly they're the best people in the industry. Yes, they do have to have time to ramp up a response, right? So like you can't just take it to like overnight. But no, you do not temper your expectations. We hold him to the same we hold him to a higher standard that we would hold Trump because Trump just is awful, right? So I'm just like the basic level of like Will you please fuck off the smart people get at like get at fixing this right with Biden. It's like, no, you are supposedly the intelligent person that we elected to handle this. And if you can't handle it, fuck you. So no, if he need... can't handle it, then does that open the door for a Republican then in, in three years? Well, that's uh, the risk they run. Like if he fucks this up. Yeah. Then yeah. then like, I mean, yeah, yeah. yes. Like it, and and Kamala. I'm sorry, Kamala. Yeah, Kamala. I got, I got I him too. saying. I got him saying Kamala instead of Kamala. Yeah. The Ugandan so giant. Kamala. The, so the yes, Ugandan primary giant. challengers, Kamala. The like like a, a list of people. If this is fucked up, yeah. No, it, then it's yes, there is a list of people that should come in and say like that guy fucked it up too, mm-hmm. and and it's because this 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 and this. That's right me. now, I think it's a little bit too early to determine whether this is getting sure. fucked up. Right, we'll see. I think we're getting mixed messages from everything I've seen. But no, you do not temper your expectations, right, left, or center. You still demand the same very high standard that we would hold any adult, any president to. He does not get a pass. I don't care how shitty it was when he got here. He's got to dig himself out of that hole. He should have started fucking six weeks before the the inauguration. No, you're right. And if he if he need, like if he's caught flat footed, he well he, like fuck like come on fly like, kite, Joe. You have you have earned my disdain uh, for more than what you did for your entire career. Like when you were called onto the carpet and we needed you, you still fucked it up, All right? Well. Let me not. Let's not mince Sean. words about that. Like, I know. seriously, seriously, fuck him. If he can't do it, fuck him. Well, we got we got some time to to see how it plays out. So we'll 
we'll revisit in a few in a few more weeks and see how things are going. Don't worry, Dude. we got two more years of absolutely nothing with Joe Manchin voting against <laughs> everything. I'm just I'm nervous about this new strain if it's actually going to take off the way they're. they're There's expecting. not new strain. There's one out of the UK. There's one out of Brazil. At least yep. at least one out of Brazil. One out of South Africa. Yep. And they're all here. Like, like, and there's one. There's a couple out of California that are testing to see if there's uh, increased transmissibility between uh, these fucking strains this in California. Is, this this whole idea of like, yeah, maybe like later this year we'll be like, no, it's just this is gonna and be. No, and those are just strains of concerns, right? Like, those yeah. are just the concerning ones. On there's there's the strain that's already out there. Yeah, mutated but... strains all the time. We're fucked. Is basically what we're trying to say. We're fucked for a while. So strap in, everybody. Relax. It's going to be a, a bumpy ride here for the next year or two. Uh, well, Ken, thanks for, for coming on the show. I'm actually living up to my standard. I'm looking at my timer. Uh, and and Ken has actually been really uh, good about keeping me accountable about ending these fucking shows on a, on a good time frame. So I think I did that this time. I'm actually wrapping up the show and we're actually going to close the show instead of me saying it and then we talk for another 45 minutes so we did it so i, I saw this on ben shapiro's show <laughs> so i hate ben shapiro if you want to have another 45 minutes we can certainly do it <laughs> ben shapiro is like a yeah that's an episode in itself right there but uh well uh i think we did a pretty good job of hitting michigan shit um obviously ken open invitation to come back and talk shit with us i, we don't always I just want to say but... to the country um from me and the state of michigan you're welcome <laughs> that that's all that's it that's it that's I'm sorry good. i forgot to say thank you Is yeah because ken it's funny if we were doing the video <laughs> podcast ken would be like the mr advertisement in the background but we're not showing the video portion of the podcast right now because last time I'm like do you want to plug something he's like nah not really i'm good i'm just just ken from michigan it's all right don't worry about it and he's got like tons of advertising in the background right now it's it's perfect but you you wouldn't have been able to avoid it if we were showing the video of this right now but uh but you're you're a beer connoisseur is all i'll say and uh it's it's much appreciated so open invitation to come back and talk shit with us we don't always have to focus on the state of michigan but i did want to go back and kind of revisit uh how things went a few a few weeks ago with the election because uh it was fascinating how it played out uh four years ago and and it went to joe biden old joe biden big victor in your state of michigan so anything you would like to plug i know you last time you're like nope (laughs) But is there anything you want to, anything? Uh, sure. Uh, Parish Brewing out of uh, Broussard, Louisiana. Uh, I'm drinking their Rising Hope, which was one of their, uh, um, the beers that they made to raise money for the Boys and Girls Club out in Louisiana. Nice. So that is uh, what I'm drinking. And I'll plug that because, yeah. Awesome. Paris as in like French. Parish. Parish as in like a, a weird French way of calling counties parishes yeah parish as in parish from broussard louisiana uh-huh. we're going to down to the parish yeah <laughs> i like that accent that was good <laughs> well thank you ken for joining us we appreciate it um and ken's going to be the first of many people that we're going to talk to um in different it's gonna states. me be me over and over again yeah, yeah we couldn't get anybody else so ken's just back but um i i think the the list of so we got um pennsylvania Oklahoma, North Carolina, Massachusetts, possibly Connecticut, um, and maybe some more. But those are those are the five I think that I have lined up so far. So we're gonna we're gonna go all over the country and just kind of get some 
reactions because I know the I know the one in Connecticut is going to be a little uncomfortable for Sean because that person is a Donald Trump voter. So I'm anxiously awaiting that podcast to go down. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man, that's going to be. But he's a very fun. nice guy and he's very measured. I'm certain. Sure. Uh, Ken knows who he is. His name is Tom Van Stone, and I've I've talked him into coming on the show. Van Stone. Um, yeah, he ch- he uh, he compared the Donald Trump presidency to shitting your pants, I believe. Yeah, he yeah he was the guy who on the last show I I read his comment that he said voting for Joe Biden is like shitting your pants, and and just changing your shirt, switching from Trump to Biden was his comment. So that's that's the implication that Donald Trump is you shitting your pants. Exactly, exactly. So maybe he can elaborate more on that a little bit, but. But he's a very he's a very smart, measured guy. He just happened to really hate Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden back to back. So he voted for Trump both times. I mean, that's times. not that hard. So, and I'm not totally. I mean, I I'm on board with him and Hillary because I hate Hillary and I didn't want to vote for her. But uh, I don't know so much about this time around. So I'm kind of curious why he still decided to stay Team Trump. But we're going to explore that topic on Flyover Politics coming to uh, your ears very very soon. Uh, but Ken, thank you very much. We appreciate it, sir, for coming on the show. And uh, I'm going to let uh, Sean close the podcast the way he does each and every week. Think for yourself and build some solidarity. <laughs>